professional book writing expert, author and life coach. And I'm so excited to have Patricia Allen from California with me. Patricia Allen is a wealth advisor, speaker and author of the book Welfare to Wealth, the money story I never wanted to tell. She believes her whole life has been a PhD program preparing her for supporting women to transform their money fears to become wealth-building powerhouses. In her programs, Patricia teaches the practical aspects of money management combined with purpose-driven mindset coaching. She empowers women to step into a deeper level of their power to transform the way they think about money and building wealth. She is convinced that when women take control of their finances, they take control of their destiny. So welcome, Patricia. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, lovely Esther, for that beautiful introduction. And thank you for asking me to be a part of your conversation on living without fear. <laughs> Wonderful. So let's jump right into your story, Patricia. Do you want to tell us more about your story? I would love to share my story with you, Esther. I was the only girl of seven children raised by a single woman who had no education or skills, and therefore we spent many years on welfare. I grew up in poverty and with the belief that I would never amount to anything. When I was 17 and unmarried, I had my first child. When I was 19, I fell pregnant again. And my mother said, oh no, I can't take this. She told me I had to get married. Mm. My son was born with facial paralysis, which meant that he would never be able to speak, eat, mm. laugh, or smile. And in order to keep him alive, I had to feed him through a feeding tube. We lost him when I was when he was 33 days old. Hmm. When I was 21, pregnant with our third child, I caught my ex-husband bringing another woman to our home. I was divorced at 23. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was living on $250 a month. I knew the only way that I could get out of that trap was to go back to school. Welfare paid for my education. Welfare saved my life. During my first, my last year of college, during my internship, the medical records, the hospital administrator had offered me a job to head the medical records department. I was really reluctant to take the job because it was my first job and I was still in school. I didn't know how I could take care of children at the same time at work. But then I slapped myself into reality. This is a job of a lifetime. And I took the job. I love my job. I met interesting people. I had status and clout throughout the hospital. My life was good until it wasn't. I came home from work and I found my apartment had been burglarized. I had, everything was gone, no stereo, mm. no jewelry. My living room had been stripped. 
Within two weeks, I found another place. And then it happened again, Esther. Hmm. My closets were bare. My home had been violated twice in one month. I was a nervous wreck, paranoid, afraid to go back to work. So I took some time off. And when I came back, the atmosphere just wasn't friendly. So I resigned. I started doing some consulting work at a nursing home on a part-time basis. And I spent a lot of time at the mall because I had the time off during the day. <laughs> and I met this woman named Jerry. She told me that she was also a flight attendant. I asked her, how can you be a flight attendant and work here too? Well, she said that she only worked two weeks out of the month. My ears perked up. Oh my, I would love to have a job like that because that was what I wanted to be able to spend more time, quality time with my children. Jerry brought me an application and within four weeks I was off to training. Beautiful. <laughs> On February 3rd, the friendly skies were not so friendly. I was working a flight from, from San Francisco to Phoenix when we hit clear air turbulence. My foot got caught under a 500 pound beverage cart and I had a, a compound fracture on both sides of my ankle, which took me out of commission for nearly two years. When it was time to return to work, I had a setback and had developed plantar fasciitis in the same foot. But United Airlines had ordered a qualified medical examination which was to determine the extent of my injury so that they could settle my case. Well, I told them that my ankle was fine, but I did have plantar fasciitis, but they insisted that I go for the exam. One month later, I went back to work, totally healed. But when I checked in for that flight, I was told that I'd been pulled off the trip. The report had come back that I was 100% disabled and I was not permitted to fly. But that wasn't true, Esther, but no one would listen to me. I was angry and I felt abandoned. So I hired an attorney. After many months of stress, with no money, no job, no hope, I won, I got my job back. <laughs> However, after those two years, I had burned through my savings. My son had to move in with me to help me pay the mortgage. Hmm. I had lost, almost lost everything. My confidence was in the toilet. When I went back to work, I was earning a good income where I was able to manage to save $5,000. But when I realized that my money wasn't growing, I was seeing only five or $10 here at the end of that year. That didn't sit well with me. That was a pivotal moment that changed my life forever. I wanted to know how I can make my money grow. So I took an investing course at the local college. And after the first month, I, after the first night, I got it. I understood what a stock was and I wanted to learn more. Within a few months, I found a company that would hire me on a part-time basis as I worked simultaneously as a flight attendant. 
And so that was the beginning of my financial services profession. I wanted to be an example of what women could accomplish when she set her mind to it. Over the 25 years, I've come to understand that my passion to make a difference in the lives of women globally by coaching them to build relationships for their money has come to reality. And it has inspired me to dream even bigger and even more passionate about my big mission to revolutionize one million women's relationship with their money over the next three years. It's what I call my million women wealth movement. And now I'm living the life of my dreams, Esther, traveling the world, helping women transform into the independent financial powerhouses that they were meant to be so that they can have more wealth, more freedom, and less worry. Wonderful. Did you, Patricia, did you have other turning points in your life? You know, Esther, I did. And I talk about that being a pivotal moment when I found out my money wasn't growing. The next one was actually, it was the one when uh, it was my divorce. My divorce was a major turning point in my life because I was only 23, 23 years old, mm. very young. After I caught my husband bringing another woman to our home, he had the audacity to say to me that he was not a one woman type of guy. Can you believe that? Mm. I couldn't believe that he would say that to me. Why didn't he tell me this before we got married? I felt like a fool. I felt humiliated. I knew that I deserved better. I knew that my children deserved better. Definitely. The mere fact that I insisted that he leave that night was a symptom of my growing empowerment. My divorce taught me how to prepare for and manage uncertainty. It was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. And Patricia, how did you overcome fear? How did you do it? Well, when I was 16 and unmarried, I was sitting on the living room sofa with my cousin. And she said, you're going to end up like your mama with five kids on welfare. She said, you will never amount to anything. I didn't know why she would say such a thing to me. She, she made me feel awful. But you know what? Part of that was true. I did end up on welfare, but not with five kids, but with two kids. Years later, my high school counselor, she had come alongside me and she told me that I could do anything I set my mind to doing. Two significant people in my life communicated a powerful message. One message had the power to destroy me. The other message had the power to take me far beyond anything I could have ever imagined. The lessons that we listen to become a part of our story. When fear would overcome me, overcome me, I would campaign in my mind, thinking in my mind, I had to change my perspective. 
I had to remind myself that I could take pride in having survived hardships before, that I could find my own way in any situation because that is what I was doing. I would literally talk to myself out loud about how good it was to be able to provide for my kids. I began to pay closer attention to my money and being more mindful about how I managed it. Personal evolution doesn't require you to be unafraid. It only requires you to keep evolving despite it. What if my studies didn't end in career success? What if my divorce was never final, finalized? What if coming off welfare would destroy my stability? But there's one question that fear never asks. What if everything turns out perfectly? So my mantra is, I was afraid, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I had to navigate my own ignorance about finances and the roadblocks that made me feel that I was unworthy to be advising other women. I didn't feel that I belonged in the field of finance. I was feeling ashamed. What would people think of me if they knew that I had been on welfare? For years, I tried to prove I was good enough. I wanted to feel that I belonged in whatever space I stepped in. There was something inside me that wanted more. I knew that I didn't want to live a life of dependency, a life in poverty. I knew that my life could be better, that I had a purpose, that I had a higher calling. And then over time, I realized that I had a message, a message of hope for all women who had given up on their dreams, that you can do anything you put your mind to doing, regardless of the challenges that you may face. My life on welfare was not the story that defines my life. What defines my life is what I did about it. And how many years did it take you to overcome the this shame of being having been on welfare? Many years, uh, Esther, uh, even after even after I got started in, in financial services, it, the, the, the shame was always there. It was always trying to peek through. Hmm. And, and that was how I knew, all right, I've got to, I've got to conquer this thing and, and start my mantras, my affirmations that I would not allow fear to take over my life and still go with the mantra that I was afraid, but I did it anyway. All of my life, I've always been afraid, always afraid, but I did it anyway. I don't spend too much time thinking about that thing that I'm afraid of. I just do it. What are your most important mantras or affirmations? I was afraid, but I did it anyway. It was um, in bad times. I used to say the would-haves, the could-haves, and the should-haves <laughs> are no longer a part of my life. Oh, okay. Uh, another one of my mantras is, I live my life with I cans and I eliminate the cannots. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. What did life teach you apart from all that already? Oh, I have 
Oh, oh my God, it's, it's, where, where do I start? I've been around a long time, Esther. I would say I've learned a lot from the School of Hard Knocks. If, if your audience doesn't know what that means, it's the School of Hardships, okay? Mm. Um, life has taught me many things, but there are few things that stand out for me more than ever. Uh, I talked about uh, the mantra, I, I was scared, but I do it anyway. And I learned that the more wins that we, we have with fears that you accumulate, the more fearless that you become. Another one is uh, life is a question and how you live your life is the answer. If you believe that you can, then you're halfway there. <laughs> Always look for something to be grateful for. It's the mm. easiest way to raise your vibration and begin to attract more things to be grateful for. Stand in your truth. Speak your truth, no matter what it looks or feels like. Your sole objective is to keep learning, evolving, and, in, and expanding your mind. This, this one I love is near to, and dear to my heart is the equation of financial worth, wealth is quite simple. Treat your finances like a business and become your own CFO. <laughs> Understand what really goes on with your cash flow, then give every dollar a job. Whatever you do, do it with love. <laughs> Patricia, do you have a special morning or evening ritual with gratitude? I have morning gratitude ritual and I have evening gratitude in the evening I write down the things that I was grateful for I write I journal about how did I change someone's life during that day I also write um, what did I do to make a difference that's what I how I sum up my day in the evening and of course my morning ritual is always I write about all of the things that I'm grateful for. And always at the top of my list of gratitude is that God woke me up. Number one, that I'm breathing, that he gave me my mind and he gave me my body. And I want to be a blessing to him and to every life that I touch. That's my, that's my gratitude that I do in the morning. Mm. And all day I'm, I'm grateful. Love it. Beautiful. So Patricia, you told us so many lessons already, but if you need to summarize your three important lessons, what would it be? Live your life with I can's and eliminate the words I can't. That's, um, I've stuck by that one all of my life, which has motivated me and it helps me to put one foot in front of the other and not thinking about whether I can or I can't. So those words, that's what, that's the word I don't use is I can't. The other lesson that I've learned is if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. I remind myself of that one all of the time. 
when I'm hesitant about asking for something, I go back to that lesson. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. <laughs> Another lesson is prepare for the bad times and good times. I talk about the what ifs of life. It's a skill that's essential if you want to make your money work for you. I had no idea that I could get my job back after United fired me, you know? But my life taught me that if I didn't know the future, I didn't need to know how to get there. So I've always dug a massive hole and buried the impossibilities of building a life of meaning. I dismissed those challenges and replaced them with grit and determination. And one last thing, become a warrior with your wealth, take ownership of your wealth and become engaged and educated about your wealth so that you can be the master of your destiny. Beautiful. So where can people reach you, Patricia? My website. It's Paris Financial Planning. It's like Paris France, financialplanning.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Patricia Allen, CRPC. It's C like in cake, R is in Robert, P is in Paul, cake. And my book is on Amazon. Wonderful. And maybe someone is listening now and doesn't know how to start creating an abundant mindset and wealth. What would you advise? Where to start first? It all starts with the mindset. You, you, you hit that right on the head because if you don't have the mindset to become engaged in your money, you're not. And many women, unfortunately, do not, are not engaged in their finances. So you have to make your money your friend. Money is not your enemy. Money is energy. It's, it's everywhere. Become best friends with your money because you can use it for the things that are value to you. I learned money was a good thing when I was five years old and I found a wallet <laughs> that contained $33.01. <laughs> and my mom, she looked at it and she just lit up with joy. That $33 was able to buy groceries for us. And I knew there was something good about money. So my money mindset was good when I was five years old. But for those that have fear of money, they have all of these, these problems of what they were taught, what they learned, what they heard as a kid. And it all starts when you were a kid, your feelings about money is to begin to write your money story and become clear as to what it is, what, what is the relationship with your money and what is the relationship that you want to have with your money, become best friends, with your money and then start with the affirmations, the mantras about money, the I am, you are good enough. Money is, I'm a money magnet. Money is my source. Money brings miracles into my life. Money is a good thing. It's not something to be feared. It is not something that you use just to pay bills. It is to provide you with a, a life of meaning, a life of purpose is to provide you for the things that you value in your family and what you can contribute 
to the world. We are headed toward a time, not too many years, when women will control the lion's share of wealth. Yet, from what I'm hearing, most women, they're not in control of that. We're not there yet. But that's what this work is all about for me. It's personal. It's close to my heart. It's my calling. Because I know from my own journey that feeling in control of your financial life has made me feel more powerful and more independent. And that's what I would want for you. Mm. So step out of your comfy shoes and become your own advocate, whether you're single or married. We all need to be actively involved in our financial lives. And don't be afraid to ask questions. Read about personal finance, increase your financial literacy, and seek out help when you need it. And realize that it's your money. It's your life. And ultimately, you're in charge. Thank you so much, Patricia, for this powerful message. Thank you so much for having been here. Thank you for having me. I've truly enjoyed spending my time with you today, Esther. Mm -hmm.